wins because of the power of the cross. But yet so many of us as Christ followers walk around hindered, beat down, heavy, because we've allowed the things of this world, we've allowed the enemy in spaces of our lives, and we, we're walking around hindered. We're walking around heavy and chained. We can't run the race because we're all bound up. I'm here to tell you God has sent Jesus so that we can be set free, so that we don't have to live like that. Amen? So the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about this whole concept of living unhindered, that our faith can be set free, that we as Christ followers can be set free in the name of Jesus, and we don't have to live bound. Doesn't that sound like good? Does that sound good to you? Anybody here want to walk in more freedom? (laughs) Yeah? All right. Want to let go of some of that stuff? so that you can run this race. Amen. Let's pray as we get into the word today. Father, thank you for your presence here. Thank you, King of kings and Lord of lords. We honor you in this place right now. And Jesus, we just pray as we get into your word that your scripture will speak to us. Thank you that it's living and active. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'll illuminate hearts, you'll open minds, and ears to what you want to say to each individual person today. God, I pray you'll speak through me in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your presence here. In your presence, your precious name. Amen. Amen. I'm excited about this series because as a church, we are moving into a season of walking in more healing, walking in more deliverance. I don't know about you, but it's time for us as Christians to live completely the way God wants us to live. John 10.10 says that the thief has come to kill, steal, steal, and destroy. And then it goes on to say, but I, meaning Jesus, I have come so that you can have life and life to the full. Many of us live on the other side of that, kill, steal, and destroy. We we live in that. Jesus has come so that we can have life and life to the full, but we have to live unhindered because of that. We have to embrace that, and that's what we're going to be talking about. So we're going to focus this next couple of weeks out of the book of Acts. We won't get through a lot of it, but I encourage you in the next couple of weeks, begin reading the book of Acts if you haven't already done so, all right? Because you, you need the whole entire picture. But the, the book of Acts is an account of the birth of Christianity. That's where it all begins, all right? It begins with the ascension of Christ, and it ends with the Apostle Paul writing letters under Roman house arrest. All right. It's the story of a handful of disciples who turn the world upside down with their message of love, forgiveness, and salvation through Christ. It's quite an epic story, actually. (laughs) But it may be the very final words of this book that leave us with the greatest clue for how we are to live as followers in this modern world. And I bet you don't know what that is. The last words in the book of Acts are actually the the word unhindered. Isn't that incredible? (laughs) If you turn with me to Acts chapter 28, we're going to look at literally the last two verses in the book of Acts. And we're going to read it together. 
It says this, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and he welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so the very end of the book of Acts ends with this concept of living unhindered. Amen? <laughs> so who here has ever felt hindered or held back in some form or some fashion in your life? All right? You maybe don't understand. You don't get it. You think, well, maybe it's my personality. I just don't like people. You know, whatever it is, right? You feel hindered and held back. Have you ever felt that there's just got to be something more, though? Something more to what's out there? Over the centuries, this is something that the people of God have often thought a lot about. In fact, the entire Reformation movement from the 16th century was rooted in this idea that there was something missing. They knew that there had to be more than what they were experiencing. When I think of being hindered, I imagine a thoroughbred racing horse, all right, standing just behind the starting gate, waiting for it to open, all right? This is a beautiful example of being hindered. Those horses have been trained. They've been prepared to run. And not only to run, but they've been prepared and trained to win. And right now, in this picture, they're hindered. They're held back. Those gates do not allow those horses who have been created for this purpose, trained for this purpose to do anything, right? They're held back. That is a, that is a picture of many of us. God has called us. He's given us giftings, things in our lives, and we are in those starting gates, held back. We are hindered because of certain things in our lives that we have maybe not healed from, not allowed the Lord to be forgiven of, whatever. We're being held back. But once that gate opens up, that horse is able to run free, beautiful and majestic. That racing horse is meant to run. You, my friend, are meant to run this race that God has given us. Now until eternity, we are meant to run free, not hindered, not bound. The things that you're dealing with, depression, anxiety, addiction, whatever it may be, whatever your chains in your life are, you're not meant to live that way. We're not meant to live hindered. God has given us all that we need to be free in the name of Jesus. But why do so many of us stay in the starting gate? Why do we allow those things to keep us from running this race? So I have a couple questions for you this morning. What is holding you back? As a church, what's holding us back? What more does God have for us to experience in our faith? Those are some questions I want you to think about as we continue on this morning, talking about unhindered. The word is defined as saying able or allowed to happen or continue without being slowed or stopped. The love of Jesus is supposed to be unhindered in our life, meaning it just continues to flow out of our relationship with Jesus. Forgiveness is supposed to flow unhindered in our life, but so often it stops. 
There's something I want to talk about, the book of Acts. There's something really special. Historically, the book serves as a vital link, all right, between the Gospels, right, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are eyewitnesses accounts of Jesus, all right? So those four books are first, and then comes the book of Acts. So it's a link between the Gospels and then the epistles, which are letters that Paul writes while he's in prison, all right? So that, this is an important bridge. The book of Acts is an important bridge, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus is preaching, all right? He's the one that's speaking. But the epistles, the letters that Paul writes to the different churches, Jesus is then now being preached. The book of Acts explains how the messenger, which is Jesus, becomes the center of the message, all right? Jesus is the center of that message, so as you go through the book of Acts, it's important to remember that everything points to Christ and his church. That's where the church was birthed. Jesus says, go and wait for the promise, right? The Holy Spirit comes. People get the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then boom, all of a sudden, the gospel spreads. Thousands become Christ followers. Churches are started. And the movement that we now get to be a part of all begin on that day of Pentecost, which is coming up in a couple weeks. We're going to be celebrating it. But that's what the book of Acts all talks about, the power of the Holy Spirit and what it does through people's lives. When the Holy Spirit came, they were not hindered. This was not a time where they were liked. The Christians were not liked. But that didn't stop the move of Jesus. It was unhindered because the people, the Christ followers there themselves, were healed and whole, saved, and they went out no matter the cost to spread the love of Jesus. Amen. So the last couple words, again, of Paul in Acts 28 says, Paul stayed for two full years, we already read this, in his own rented lodging and welcomed all who came, preaching the kingdom, teaching the things about the Lord with all openness and being without hindrance. So what's going on in this passage? Well, Paul's preaching the kingdom of God, teaching about things that the Lord Jesus taught about. He was obeying the great commission. He was doing it with all openness. Whoever came to him, he would share the love of Jesus. It didn't matter. He did it unhindered. Once Paul came to know Christ, he lived free. He was bound all up until he found Jesus, but then he lived free. Do you realize most the letters that he wrote, he wrote them in prison. He was there because he served Jesus. And he wrote these letters to these churches at this time while in prison. Wow, talk about your faith set free. Well, talk about your perspective. He could have just been down and depressed and, oh, poor me. Here I am suffering for Christ. Jesus, why did you leave me? Why am I in jail? Why am I suffering? Have any of you ever felt like that? Why me, Lord? Why do I have this? Why am I going through this? Why do I have to deal with this hard time? Why is this tough? Does that sound familiar? but yet Paul allowed this time to be used for the glory of Christ. What are we doing with our time, right? Life is but a mist. We're here for a short time, and then we're in eternity. 
Are you choosing to live bound? Or are you choosing to live free? It's some great questions. Most of Paul's writings were written over a span of 15 years. He arrived in Rome around AD 60, and he was imprisoned later that year. Wow. <laughs> Nothing like getting saved, getting your life on track, and then boom, now you're in prison. You think you have it bad? Wow. Look at Paul's life. He was shipwrecked, beaten, flawed. I mean, the guy has a list of just horrific things that happened to him because he served Jesus, because he gave his life to Christ. But yet, look at all that he has done. <laughs> powerful an apostle, a powerful apostle. Paul's four prison epistles, as they're called, were written during this time. And they are the Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Those are the letters that he wrote to those churches while in prison. In these letters, we see further glimpses of Paul's unhindered message, all right, and constant encouragement. So let's take a look at some of these. I want you guys to see a couple of these glimpses from these letters. Again, Paul's in prison, all right? Let's just remember this. Ephesians, if you've got your Bible with me, turn to Ephesians 5. 15 through 17. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Be very careful. He's giving us a warning, right? Then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Are you making the most of every opportunity that God has given you with every breath that you wake up in the morning is another day, another 24 hours that we're given to be able to live for Christ and make an impact? Are you doing that? Later on in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, we read, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Adversity in your life is an opportunity. It doesn't have to be a hindrance. It doesn't have to be something that holds you back. It's an opportunity for Christ to be glorified in your life. To the letter to the Philippians, he says, Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That's powerful. Philippians 3.7-10 says this, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. These are the words of a man at peace with God and his life, content in his identity and who he was. He could say, I considered it all a loss, for the sake of knowing Christ. Doesn't matter what comes, I trust Jesus with my life. Paul lived as a free man, unhindered. To the letter to the Colossians, in Colossians chapter one, 
says this, 1 verses 10 through 14. So in this letter, he says, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. I think that's just convicting in itself, right? Hello. It was, it was saying amen. <laughs> AI's coming, oh boy. Oh boy. Um, so verse 10 says, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. Jesus, help us, right? Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. That's why we have to give grace to each other because we're all growing in the Lord. We all are not at the same place. So we need to give grace to one another as each person is learning Jesus, growing in the word, and then living that out. Amen? Verse 11 says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, <laughs> and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Verse 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. We pass over that, that verse 13, which says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Guys, there is a real enemy that exists. I don't know how many of you follow the news. I don't a lot anymore unless it's from like another country and see what's going on. But this last week or last weekend up in the New England area, I think it was maybe Boston or something, they had the largest ever gathering of Satanists than ever before. It's called SatanCon. The enemy has always existed, but now he's not even hiding. They gathered to mock God, and there was one of the ladies, there's a, there's a video, and she's ripping up the Bible. The enemy of our souls is very real. The problem is most of us don't realize the spiritual world, the spiritual fight that we're in. We don't get it. We don't, we don't see the stuff that's coming at us as spiritual. We live in a spiritual realm. There's good, there's evil. There's God and there's Satan. There's angels and there's demons. There's not the in-between. We have got to get our spiritual eyes open and ears open because we're meant to live free, not bound. And there's a little side note. I want to stop and, and say this. What time is it? We're running out of time. But if you are a movie watcher, I want to, I want to give you a movie to watch. Uh, if you have Prime Video, I believe you can rent it there. I, I recommended it a couple, to a couple of you already. But it's called Heaven's War. Now, I understand sometimes Christian movies can have a little bit more of, you know, they're a little bit maybe cheesy, um, but I want you to, if you can watch it, watch it through the eyes of a, the spiritual realm. It's an amazing movie, a great visual of light and darkness. 
and what we deal with. And most of us walk around, we're all beat up and, because we don't even realize the tools that we have available. We don't even realize the oppression that we are walking in because of generational sin or things we've opened ourselves up to. We don't get it. You know, we, a lot of us have opened up our homes, opened up our eye gates, our hearts, to the things we listen to, the things we watch. We allow that stuff into our home. Our kids are watching it. And no wonder we're dealing with depression and anxiety. No wonder there's so much hate and anger. Because guess what? We're filling our hearts and our souls and our minds and our houses with it. We got to clear that stuff out. When Jesus cleansed the temple, he went in and he got rid of the things that weren't honoring the Lord. Some of us need to cleanse our temple, right? Our, our personal temple. But some of us need to go home and you need to cleanse your home. There are things in there that are not of God that don't need to be there and you don't realize the, the openings that that is allowing into your home, into your relationships. God wants to free us. As Christians, we cannot be possessed by the devil, but we can be oppressed. The enemy can come on and attach itself and affect our lives. And so that is why we need to be healed and delivered and set free. Amen? John 8, 36 says, If the Son has set you free, then you are free indeed. This cross breaks all the chains. Whatever it is, it breaks it in the name of Jesus. So what are we freed from? We're freed from sin and death and the dominion of darkness. We don't have to be afraid of the darkness. Light exposes the darkness. When you walk into a dark room and you turn on the light, boom, the darkness is gone right away. It's a very good visual of the power of Jesus versus the power of the darkness. In the name of Jesus, the enemy has to flee. Demons have to flee in the name of Jesus. Amen? We do not have to live bound. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened by this yoke of slavery. We are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by grace through faith. So we're free to believe that God can and will act on our behalf and others. We're free to come to Jesus with anything, free to approach the throne of grace with boldness and confidence. We're free to live as beloved sons and daughters, no matter the circumstances we find ourselves in. We're free to enjoy the lives that God has given us. Did you get that? We are free to enjoy the lives that God has given us. Free to count everything else a loss compared to the greatness of knowing Christ. Freedom. Walk in freedom. Live in freedom. The Greek word for saved is sozo. It's used over 110 times, and it means saved, healed, and delivered. So we get saved. We come to know Christ Jesus, but then we are being saved after that. Each day after that, we continue to be saved, right? Healed, delivered, until we go to heaven. It's a process. It's called justification, being made right like Christ. So it's not just one prayer. Yes, that prayer 
connects us to Christ, and we know him as Lord and Savior, but then the journey begins. Then the relationship begins. Galatians 4, 8 through 9 says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? We are free. We are not slaves. But how many of us are walking around bound up like we're slaves to the enemy? It's time to get free. It's time to lay those things aside and to run this race that God has given us. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. You guys doing good? It's good. It's good. This is where we're going. This is where God's called us to in this season. We're heading into healing, deliverance, discipleship, greater places of growth. However, whatever it takes, right? That's what I said to Jesus a long time ago. Whatever you need to do in my life, right? Just this last weekend, I was asking the Lord to, to heal me. And he brought to my memory uh, some unforgiveness that I had. Some name got brought up, and when I heard this name, it was a ministry colleague from years ago. And when I heard their name, I just, like my spirit, I went like, oh, I got angry. And I was like, what is that? What is that? And the Lord said, it's unforgiveness. You're still bitter. You're still angry about that. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. So I asked the Lord to forgive me. I'm crying. I prayed blessing over that person. Asked the Lord to forgive me. And then I was like, why, why was I carrying that for so long? Why couldn't I just <laughs> dealt with that a long time ago? So many of us are carrying around those kinds of weights. A lot of it has to do with unforgiveness. A lot of it has to do with things that have happened in our lives in the past that we just are holding on to. And the enemy is just using it to keep us chained. Ephesians 4, 29 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. <laughs> that's, that's good. And that goes with what you post online, too. Um, and that was free, by the way. <laughs> yes, okay. That's another time. Um, verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So here we go, verse 31, all right? This is key. This is key right here as we talk about healing and deliverance and being whole and set free in the name of Jesus. Here we go. Get rid of all. <laughs> so what that means is we have a part of that. We've got some action to do. It's not just a supernatural thing that God just wipes it all away. Yeah, that's part of it. But we have some action. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Wow. I mean, we could all just kind of sit and, and soak in that, right? Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander. Go all the way back from the beginning, the different relationships, right? We're carrying lots of things from that. The Bible says get rid of it all. 
And then it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, forgiving each other, sometimes forgiving yourself. Sometimes we don't forgive ourselves. We hold ourselves captive when Christ has forgiven us. Forgiving each other just as Christ and God forgave you. We have a part to play in this, living unhindered. We've got to get ourselves in the right relationship with Jesus, ask him to forgive us, absolutely. We need to ask the Lord to show us what's in our heart, what's in our life, what is, what is holding us back? Where are we hindered? And I promise you, once you begin to ask those questions, he's going to reveal to you those places. And then you're going to need the courage to begin to go there and to forgive and to process that. But if you want to live unhindered, I, I, tr I promise you it's worth it. My goal in my life is for the rest of my life till eternity is to heal as much as possible so that the enemy of my soul has no trigger points. The more I forgive, the more I let go of bitterness and hurt and all the things that have happened in my life, the more I get rid of that. Guess what? He can't go, oh, oh, you know what? Yep, remember this? It removes the ability for him to trigger me. And I pray that on all of us, right, that we can continue to be healed, focus on that, allow the Holy Spirit to go in those places. And I know it's tough. It's not easy sometimes to allow the Holy Spirit to go back to some of those places. It is not fun. But the Holy Spirit is kind. The healing process, he, he doesn't come in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> comes in with grace and mercy and in time and in layers Jesus has healed me in layers over years because of his grace and his mercy, and he continues to do that. I'm still in the process of being healed and delivered. Amen? Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says this, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Let us throw off everything. What is that for you today? What do you need to throw off today? What is that for you personally? Then it says, in the sin that so easily entangles. What is that sin in your life that's holding you back. It's keeping you from hearing God. Because see, sin separates us from Christ. The more we allow the world, the sin in our lives, we get farther and farther and farther away from Jesus. We can't hear him because the sin crowds us. We gotta throw that off like it's a heavy cloak. Just get it off so that we can run with perseverance, right? This race that's marked out for us. It's a long haul. We all don't know when we're going to meet Jesus. We're either going in the rapture or we're gonna live a long life. We don't know. But either way, it's a race. And it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So we gotta get armed up for that. We gotta get ready for that because we gotta run with perseverance. Fixing our eyes on who, ourselves? No, but but how often do we fix our eyes on our own problems? The thing, 
Like we sit there, we talk about all the time. It's okay to acknowledge what we're going through. Absolutely. Talk with people, get prayer. Absolutely. But then there comes a point where we get our eyes on Jesus and we say, you know what? I didn't matter what I'm going through because my eyes are on you and I know you're going to take care of me. There are some of you in this room, you're walking through battles. You're walking through cancer. You know what that's like, right? Your eyes aren't on the cancer. Your eyes are on the healer. That's just an example. We got to get our eyes off the problem and get our eyes on the one who has the answers. Amen. So the next few weeks as we continue in this series, I'm expecting for God to just grow us in healing, break bondages of sin and things that have held us back. I'm expecting God to heal bitterness and angry hearts People who have had horrible things done to them and they've held on to that for years and years. God wants to free you of that. He wants to heal you of that so you no longer have to carry around that bitterness, that anger, because it's holding you back. It's holding you back and God wants us to live free. Jesus came so that we could be free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? We've got to accept God's grace. We've got to live from a place of gratitude and we've got to walk by the spirit. That is how we live unhindered, all right? We accept God's grace, we live in a place of gratitude and then we walk by the power of the spirit. The whole book of Acts is all about the power of the Holy Spirit and what it does in our lives, right? I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys to go deeper. I'm excited for you to allow the Holy Spirit in to just different places of your life to experience more healing so that we as a church can continue to push back hell. Amen? Light has power over darkness. Jesus has come to expel the darkness, but he needs us to be unhindered. He needs us to not be bound up by the enemy. He needs us to be free so that we can go help set other people free. Amen? Amen. So let's do this. Why don't you stand to your feet and we're going to close this morning with a response.